This is the Rich Eisen Show. 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 My gosh, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, Blake. Live, Live. the Rich Eisen Show. From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I'm excited for the opportunity. I mean, obviously, they're they're a great team, and, and I'm happy to be a part of that organization. The Rich Eisen Show. 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 Today's guests. Co-host of Good Morning Football, Kyle Brandt. ESPN college football analyst, Todd McShay. Plus, co-host of the Dream Team Tapes podcast, J.A. Adonde. And now... Don't get too cute. It's Rich Eisen. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We have a, a long day ahead of us here, but a fun day. We've got three guests. We're going to be talking a ton of football, even though the NBA second half of their schedule does return tonight. We do talk a little bit of ball later on in our third hour, uh, uh, basketball in our third hour. Uh, we've got a great guest list coming up. Uh, Chris Brockman, Mike Del Tufo in their hey, usual Rich. posts. Good uh, good Wednesday Rich. to both of you gentlemen. TJ Jefferson has just settled into his chair and their social media grand maester. Good Rich. to see you here on this day. Um, so uh, numbers. I'm not a numbers guy. Never been a numbers guy. Verbal. More verbal than math. That's the way I got my way into the University of Michigan. Verbal guy wrote for the student newspaper. Always been verbal. Don't really know. number guy. Yeah, that uh, I'm not. I'm not a very good math guy. <laughs> not a very good math guy at all. So when the salary cap figure comes out, I mean, it's just like got it. Okay, let's just everybody try and make this thing work. Unfortunately, though, it, it, the salary cap <clears throat> has been in many ways like real estate values, where you're just always assuming that that you're the value of real estate is always just going to keep going up, up, up. It might go less up, but it's never going to go down. I mean, like, it's never going to go down. Never going down. Um, but then the pandemic hits. Right. And the salary cap is now 8% less than last year. And every team is basically thinking, now that whole year to see the, how the pandemic is going to affect things. But they don't know the exact hard numbers. They're assuming it's going to go down for the first time ever. And everybody had been making long-term deals over the last couple of years, assuming it's just going to go up in 2021. And now it's down by 8%. And I guess, you know, <laughs> all those anti-germ fortresses they built in all 32 facilities, all those daily COVID tests don't pay for themselves, you know? It's not free. Nope. That point oh eight positivity rate that the NFL had last year doesn't pay for itself. And um, so now it's time to, I guess, what, pay the... Pay the piper, Pay the piper. Pay the piper. And so what does this all mean? I'll be answer. I'll shoot you straight. I have no idea. (laughs) I'm assuming that there's going to be so many ways to figure out how to move numbers and, and push things into other years and move things around that that for players that need to be kept, they'll find a way and find a way to make some room and long-term deals might be say like Levante David, here's a two year deal, two year deal for you. Let's go run it back Levante. And he says, yes. And then they franchise tag um, uh, Chris Godwin for the moment. We'll see what a long-term deal looks like. I don't know. Uh, Here's what I I do know. Let's talk about what I, I do know. And what I I do know is what we have been talking about for the last several weeks. If you're new to this show, where have you been? If you if you're if you're if you watch us on Peacock every day, you listen to us on this radio station, terrestrial or or satellite, you know we've been talking about a few things. 
we've been talking about players like Deshaun Watson and when is he going to become available. And we also talk about the Jets are a perfect example. Is Deshaun Watson going to become available and how much do you spend for him in capital and then figure out in your cap what he's worth and how he can fit in? Or do you go and stick with your guy that you drafted a few years ago because he's still on his first-year contract in Sam Darnold? And do you go ahead and try and win with him now while he's still got a couple years left on his first iteration of his contract and see if he's worth the second one? Or do you draft somebody new? Because under the new collective bargaining agreement that is suddenly becoming the previous one, not the old one, under that collective bargaining agreement, you're now coming out out of college as a slotted draftee. Okay? You know how much your contract is. As a matter of fact, now that the salary cap is out, you're already seeing how people could figure the the deal that's going to be on the table for Trevor Lawrence. And unfortunately for all the draftees yeah, in 2021, right. that number's going down right. because of the salary cap. So his deal is going to be somewhere in between Baker's of 2018 and Kyler Murray's of 2019. Oof. Okay? I mean, Which is going to be less than at, Joe Burrow's. But, no, right. but what I'm saying is... Hey, if you're going to draft Trevor Lawrence, congratulations, Jacksonville. This is also the year to do it. You're going to pay him a little bit less money, so on and so forth. Yeah. And we've talked about it also, and part of the conversation that the Jets have to have internally, I'm just using that as an example because they have so many different ways to go option-wise. Do you restart the clock with somebody completely new? And have another three, four years before having to make a decision on this guy to give a long-term contract to, a la Wentz and Goff, and run the risk. Because this is the time you're trying to win a championship when this quarterback, the most important player on your team, doesn't eat up a ton of your cap space. And with Dak signing his monster deal yesterday, four years, $160 million dollars, Forget about last year's franchise tag. He's no longer in his first year of his contract anymore. His first years of his contract. He's no longer in his rookie deal. He now has the responsibility of having to win a championship on his second deal, his third deal for others in the NFL. Tom Brady's on his umpteenth deal. But the concept now that we've been talking about for a long time is under the new ways of doing business that started in 2011, teams want to win a championship in the rookie deal of their quarterback who they've struck gold on in the draft because you can pay a bunch of other people around him and win. We now have, with the salary cap figure of 2021, we now have 10 years of the new way of doing business to look at in the NFL. 10 years of this, 10 years of Super Bowls, 10 years of players who have been drafted, 10 years of players who have had multiple years of added to their contracts. That sample size is a nice decade-long period that we can look at and have a conversation about what is the best way to win a Super Bowl and build your team and use this as maybe the prism to see what is going to happen in this quarterback carousel spinning off its axis 2021 season. 
I love this stuff because I think it takes you inside the way that front offices are viewing things. It makes you smarter. If there was a water cooler for you these days, you'd be smarter around it. So let's take a look at the decade sample size. And of the 10 Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, many of them are the same as you could guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, one guy. <laughs> one guy in particular, sure. right? <laughs> but of the 10 different Super Bowl winning teams of that decade sample size, four of them were one with starting quarterbacks on their rookie deals. Four of them. Here we go. Here they are. They're Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Joe Flacco, and we're including Carson Wentz in this because Carson Wentz had 14 games of starting before he blew his knee out and getting the Eagles to the one seed that Nick Foles cashed into the ultimate. And you take a look at what they were. Um, We're looking on the screen right now. I'll read off to you real quick. We're looking at what their percentage of their cap number was. Mahomes was 2.4% of the Chiefs cap when he beat the Niners a couple years ago. The Eagles had Wentz on the cap of just 3.6% of the cap when they won that year. Joe Flacco, his $8 million salary way back when for Super Bowl forty-seven, it was 6.6% of the Ravens cap. And look at Russell Wilson's number the year that the Seahawks beat Denver in New Jersey. 0.6% of the cap. Third round pick. That's what you're hoping for right now because the alternative is fascinating because six Super Bowl winners had quarterbacks not on their rookie deals. And I don't know what we could glean into this. You can maybe help me on this front because of those six quarterbacks, those six teams, you guessed it, four of them were quarterbacked by Tom Brady. Four of them. And the other two champions with quarterbacks that did not have a rookie deal on the, uh, in their bank accounts when they won the Super Bowl were named Manning. Wow. Eli's second championship. Wow. And Peyton's Super Bowl 50 championship. And the rest are Tom Brady. And Brady in Super Bowl 51. Okay. When he came back on Atlanta. Chris, yeah, represented only 8.9% of the Patriots cap, making a number less of $14 million. And Brady's other years, he represented 11.1% when Malcolm Butler, who was just released by the Titans, um, picked off Russell Wilson. 12.4% of the cap when he beat Jared Goff and the Rams. And last year, it was his high watermark of representing his team's cap space just a few weeks ago, represented 12.6% of the Bucks cap, which is the high mark for all the people on here. Peyton represented 12.2% of the Broncos cap in Super Bowl 50, and Manning just less than 12% of the Giants cap. Now, let's put this all in perspective here. This is where we're going to make this, if you will, cash. So you'd say, what, 13% of the cap is kind of the... If you, let's just round up. That. Let's just round up for Brady. Even though now the cap's going to be less this year in twenty twenty one, you want your quarterback to be less than thirteen percent of your cap. 
Obviously, you'd like single digit. Okay, you'd yeah, like single yeah, digits you if you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you care to guess what Dak now represents the Dallas Cowboys cap now that he signed this long term deal? I'll just give it to you. How about this? 25. I'm not going to make you do the math, Michael. Okay. Thank you, Rich. He represents 10.6% of the Cowboys cap. They've moved the numbers around. That's not bad. Which is 4% less than he was on their cap last year. We're all sitting here. How are the Cowboys going to pay for it? That's not bad. Mahomes right now is 13% of the Chiefs cap. Wentz in Indianapolis, 13% of Indianapolis cap. This is with the new cap today. So the new 182.5. Correct. Correct. Ben is 13%. Brady's currently 15%. Ooh. Oh, that's surprising. Used to be the the cheap guy. Goff is 14% of the cap for the Lions. Stafford's 10% of the Rams cap. How about that? And of the current quarterbacks on the Saints roster, as Breeze is not yet retired, he's 6.5% of the Saints cap. Taysom Hill's 8.7%. He actually takes up more cap space than Breeze does right now. Jimmy G is 13.5% of the Niners cap. He gone. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Think about this. Russell Wilson is 17.5% of the Seahawks cap. So you want him? Wow. You want him, huh? Big okay. number, man. It's a big But number. that's a number that you can also go back to Seattle and say, hey, you want all these ones? He's pretty expensive. Yeah, right. Because these numbers that we're giving you right now are absolutely known in general managers' offices oh, yeah. throughout the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is 20% of the Packers cap. Oof. And the leader in your clubhouse, which is, by the way, 3.5% more than Cousins for Minnesota, 16.5%. The leader in the clubhouse, Matt Ryan, represents 22% of the Atlanta Falcons cap. Wow. Now, wouldn't you rather be in the other boat? Here are your current rookie deal quarterbacks and what they represent in the cap space. Kyler Murray, 5%. Lamar Jackson, 1.6%. Josh Allen, 3.67%. Baker, just shy of 5%. Tua, 3.5%. Justin Herbert, 3.1%. So if you're... um, Buffalo, do you give Josh Allen a new deal right now when the cap's gone down? Nope. Nope. You kind of sit there and say, Josh, no offense. No offense. Just chill. Now then, here's two numbers to try and make you a little bit smarter about. Did you do Deshaun Watson? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm bringing this home, Christopher. Come on, bro. I'm a lead pipe wielding professional. I was with. I want to. Alley oop. Stockton and Malone. Here are numbers that'll make you go, hmm. Things that make you go. Here you go. You're the Texans. You got a big problem. They do. A big, big problem. problem. Big problem and I'm sitting here saying, why the hell are they not realizing about Door B? Again, Door B is the offers that are going to come to the Houston Texans that are so beautiful, so unrefusable, that they will eventually come around and say that Door B is the far more attractive and palatable option than Door A, which is to stick it out with Sean and hope he finally comes around. Deshaun Watson currently represents, for the Houston Texans, salary cap percentage, 8.2%. That's it. You don't say. You don't say. 8%. That's it. Look at the other numbers I just said to everybody. That's Look at the numbers I just mentioned everybody. 
nearly half of what Brady yeah. is. Look at the numbers. So the Texans are like, yeah, we're going to stick to Dore. Or it makes Dore that even more beautiful. And for the Jets to try and figure out how to work him in, if that's it, we're hearing more and more and more. And Todd McShay is going to join us in hour number two. And he was the one who laughed off after week one. The Jets got smoked in week one. I said to him, well, if the Jets lose everything and get, would you trade? Would you, would you, would you get rid of Darnold for Trevor Lawrence? And he said, no, on that spot, right then and there, right then and there. So Darnold, if you're the Jets, do you know how valuable this makes Sam Darnold? If, say, the Niners or the Bears or the Steelers or somebody wants to come at at you because you're falling in love with Zach Wilson because you want to restart the clock, because I think I have fully established that if you can get somebody like Justin Herbert and have him count to 3.1% of your cap, that you can go and get Lamar Jackson in year four and he represents 1.6% of your cap when the cap's getting smaller. Of course, this is the boat you want to be in rather than hoping that your guy who eats up 13 to 20-some-odd percent of your cap can win a Super Bowl for you in the latter half of their 30s. Sam Donald represents 4.6% of the Jets' cap. (laughs) How's that looking to say the Niners, who have Jimmy G counting at 13.5% of their cap? Yep. And Big Ben, who knows what's going to happen with him down the road. I could go on and on with the teams that Darnold could fit in. Keep going. I mean, I, I, I honestly, of all the preparation I did for that, I didn't even look up what the Bears, oh, yeah, what the Foles yeah, counts yeah, against yeah, their cap. Yeah. They'll am, take Darnold in a heartbeat. Yeah, of course. Once they figure out that Deshaun Watson's not coming their way. Right. Although it makes Watson that much more valuable. His cap number in 2021, when your cap strung and your quarterback strung, Man, I was really expecting Watson to be in that Brady number. Don't you think? 50, yeah. I looked it up. I, I had to look it up in two different sites. And I appreciate what spot track for, for yeah, these are the numbers that yeah, I got. Yeah. Along with the NFL Network research staff, I thank them for all the numbers that they parsed in the last 10 years of what the quarterbacks who won a Super Bowl or on a starter of a Super Bowl winning team, which is the parsing you have to say for the Eagles with Wentz and Foles. And I thank NFL Network research for providing these numbers because this is it. This is, this is what you're sitting in a front office. What am I going to do? Do I restart the clock with a rookie? Do I pay my guy? And those numbers came out for the, what the class of 2018 draft class is going to have to get for their fifth-year options and as a first-round pick. And you'll, you'll have the we'll, – we'll, we'll talk about those numbers. If you're going to pay Baker this money or Josh Allen this money or Lamar Jackson this money to pick up their fifth-year options, some of them are just no-brainers, but we'll put the numbers to them. But giving them a long-term deal right now and the cap's less, and this is what their numbers are this year? I mean, uh, I don't think straight. you do that. I don't think you do that at all. If you're the Bills, Josh mm. Allen, he's got to wait. Man. Can he's win the Super wait. Bowl at three point seven percent of your cap. Yeah, he's got to wait. Got to wait. Yeah. And then, do you acquire any of these veterans? You want Russ at that expensive rate? No. Do you cough up more for Deshaun when he's less? And again, his percentage of the cap in Houston might be larger for a new team or less than for a new team. I don't know. But how about that for Dak? You're sitting here. Cowboys are screwed, huh? 4% less on the cap this year than last year because of the way you can work it. Yeah, because it. he yeah. goes from $37 million in salary. Yeah, yeah, for a cap number down to 22 and a half. So it's like perfect. Right. It's actually a win. I'm glad you brought Jerry, all that up. because Jerry overpaid. I, this is just stuff that I think can maybe even give you a roadmap as to what may happen in the next few weeks or not. 
but I went verbal on the math. That's the only thing I know how to do. <laughs> well, Kyle Brandt well is going to join us. Todd McShay is going to join us, and then we'll talk some uh, hoops with Jay. A. Adonde, who is the co-host of Jack McCallum, was on last week of the Dream Team Tapes podcast. NBA second season, second half of the season, back tonight. We're back in a second with Kyle Brandt. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. That is the most, in my mind, rewatchable movie there oh, is. Oh, Fugitive, it does it hold up or what? It does. We want to, uh, you know, on behalf of the fans of the film, thank you for catching the switching of the samples. Oh, the liver samples? Without yeah. you. You are welcome. RDU90. You know? Wow. Harrison Ford, perhaps the most beat up uh, movie star of all time. Yeah, in, in, he gets his. Oh yeah, well he does his own stunts too. I mean that's his own damn fault. Is that, <laughs> did you did you do your own stunts? I did all of my own stunts. I dealt. I actually handled the liver samples with wow. these fingers and ungloved. Your character in Forty Year Old Virgin Paula was originally written as a male character. Yes, indeed, it was written for a man, and then uh, uh, with my eternal gratitude. Steve Carell's wife, Nancy Walls, who's a wonderful actress herself, said, um, you know, because I knew them from Chicago, uh, uh, said, you know, you have a lot of men in your film. Why don't you read Jane for the store manager? And so we improvised together and we had a lot of fun. And Judd Apatow said, oh, we'll we'll cast her. So I'm very grateful to to that whole crew of people for giving me that job. Do you remember the song you sang? Yes, I do. In Spanish, can you? Oh, absolutely. I'll just tell you right away that this is from an ALM Spanish dialogue or Dialgo. As you call it, uh, and it's <laughs> yes, and and it's it's a dialogue, and, and it goes like this: Cuando arreglen mi cuarto, no encuentro nada. Donde va cantando 
prisa al partido de fútbol. Thank you. And it means whenever I clean my room, I can't find anything. Where are you going with such haste to a football game? It's not romantic at all. No. But the way it sounds. Yeah, it's the way you deliver That's it. That's it. Jane Lynch is a national treasure. A national yes, treasure. Fact. And um, she's awesome. I think she's been on the show three, four times. Two times. And yeah. I think she now knows every time <laughs> she comes on, we bring up the fact that she helped uh, uh, blow up Dr. Nichols' RDU90 gambit. Right? Absolutely. For Devlin McGregor. Did you see somebody has created a Devlin McGregor website? No. Did you see that? <laughs> I have seen it. No way. Yes, Dr. Lentz is on it. The no one armed man is on it as security. Yes. No way. Yes. Yes. Hang on, yes. I'm going now. And yes. All the yes. I've seen it. It exists. I don't know who spends the time doing that, but all I say to that person is well done. Well done. I do not say get a life. I say well done. No, appreciate it. We want more. Well, we need to know. Yeah. If only Richard Kimball and uh yeah. and uh you know, well, I guess uh, Gerard was able to have that too, right? Yeah. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. For our radio audience that's just rejoined us, we just had a very important conversation about the fugitive. Uh, oh, my God. I mean, everything's up the alley of our of our next guest, who is kind enough to call in every single Wednesday during the football season. It's been about a, a good month, so we miss him. Uh, he had us said hello on Good Morning Football, and his podcast, 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt on Spotify and The Ringer, is dynamite. His guest this week, Chris, you ready for this? Pat McAfee. Yeah, good buddy. Uh, another national treasure, Pat McAfee. He is Kyle Brandt. How are you, Kyle? He falsified his research. He falsified his research so Devlin McGregor could bring you the Provasic. Provasic. Oh, what a great plan. God, I love Fugitive Talk with you, Rich. Oh, it is the best. It is the absolute best. There was a, when uh, we, we took a, a week of downtime after the Super mm-hmm. Bowl, uh, there was a, a meme uh, on Twitter about, you know, drop a movie line, uh, mm-hmm. the random movie line that's familiar only to... I saw that, yeah. Yeah, only to, to uh, the fans of the movie. And the one I chose from The Fugitive was, uh, you were pointing my gun at me, you know? And mm. that's just, I don't, that's the random line, I think, only. Rich, for. I saw that tweet, and okay. I sat there for a second, mm-hmm. and I said, hold on, I pointed your gun at you. I, Oh, that's Deputy Samuel Gerard. That's right. And that's on the phone with Kimball. And he goes, do you remember what I said? I remember you pointing your gun at me. You said, I'm not trying to put together a puzzle. Well, I am trying to put together a puzzle. And I just found a big, big piece. And he puts the phone down and, yeah. lets, and, let, and lets them trace him to the one-armed man's house. Oh, God, I could do this all day. Right to the one-armed man's house. Um, it's great to be on with you, Rich. Great to have uh, you. You and I have have come such a long way in in our in our on-air relationship and yet to use uh one of your new favorite phrases I feel like we're just getting started. Hey now everybody. Hey Kyle Brand. And I'm dipping my Rich, toe in the pond. Your stuff. Can we talk about this for a second? So McConaughey comes on. Yes. Fascinating clip where he casually reveals and clearly you didn't know this was coming. No one could that he's never been completely satisfied with one of his performances. That's he right. sees the films and he's never completely satisfied, and I was immediately riveted. Absolutely. I couldn't believe that either, that he said yeah. he's, never, he's never been thoroughly satisfied. And then, you know, you've interviewed him for your pod too, so yep. you know that the way he tells stories, um, you don't want to interrupt his flow. But I immediately, I almost interrupted him on, on the spot to say, so – the one that you won the Oscar for, for Dallas Buyers Club, yeah. that wasn't it? Uh, I mean, you've got to be kidding me. And uh, I, I, I'd never asked him about Wolf of Wall Street, and, and he went in the direction of, of, of that, that I, I will direct people to the pod because um, I don't know. 
the line that he said that leapt off the, the page at him is something that is safe for this particular work. But um, uh, he, he's dynamite, man. There's no doubt it's about so it. so good. And, Rich, you, you use the word flow very generously because McConaughey has that, that Texas flow where he will stop for a very pregnant, 40 weeks pregnant pause yes. to collect his thoughts and then, and then continue. And you know, you just trust it because he's so original and it's going to go a good place and I, i'm telling you i just i just got immediately riveted just well, awesome stuff well, i appreciate you bringing that yeah. up because it is a, a new labor of love for me um and kyle brand here on the rich eisen show so um you know i i came on the air talking about cap numbers and, mm-hmm. and try to put it in perspective about you know uh the fact that what the quarterback eats up of the cap and Dak now actually eats up 4% less for the Cowboys. Now that this signing is taking yeah. place that you'd rather be in the position of having Kyler Lamar, Allen Baker, Herbert Tua, uh, and I'll leave mm-hmm. Darnold out of it for the second for, for the moment, than maybe to be in the boat with Matt Ryan at 22% of the cap that he's eating up or Kirk Cousins, 16 and a half eating up. And, you know, the one team I always – or even maybe Russ at 17%. He's mm-hmm. just one of the only few guys. It, it just seems that, 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 that once your quarterback gets north of 15% of your cap, you're in danger of not winning it because you can't surround him. And Russ is like, I need protection. And the question is, is like, can they afford it? So on and mm-hmm. so forth. I wonder what your philosophy is, certainly with your team that you grew up loving, yeah. now on the quarterback market um, and maybe needing to start from scratch if they – if the ownership is is comfortable with the people, they 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 might give only one more sure. year to. You have the floor on yeah, that. Yeah, it's Tom. A, it's it's conflicting. I think for fans, I think the day that you draft a quarterback and they take the picture and hold up the jersey is really exciting. Like that's you're gonna buy that jersey. You love it. We got a new hope, a new quarterback. That's a great day. But the day that the quarterback signs the huge contract, and I mean this modern era huge, it's it's. It's bittersweet. It's conflicting because you're like, okay, we got our guy. They invested him. They're in. But are we going to win this thing? Because to your point, Rich, point to the quarterback recently who's made huge money, all these guys you're naming, who won the Super Bowl. They're not there. It's rookie contract Patrick Mahomes. It's continuously discount Brady. It's, It's those guys, not only they're not winning the Super Bowl, I'm talking about Russ and Rogers and all the, you know, the big money guys they're not sometimes not even getting there. So we are on a streak right now of when's the first time that some a quarterback making 37 million, making 40 million is going to win the Super Bowl. I, I I don't think it's a coincidence. And I think as a player, as a shoot, as a Bears enthusiast like me, this is, they got a whole different set of problems. The Bears fans would love to overpay for a quarterback. That that is the biggest champagne problem of all time. I've reached the point with this Bears thing, Rich, hmm. where I'm saying through it. Let's try something irresponsible because it's been 102 years of wanting a quarterback. Trade everything, everything that is not nailed down. And I mean Mac, Roquan, Eddie Jackson, Cody Whitehair, their best lineman. As I heard you say on the air, uh, I think it's the deed to Soldier Field. Just anything for Deshaun or Russ, either of them, and there will be a ticker tape parade past the Field Museum in downtown Chicago mm. just for getting a quarterback. As a Bears fan, just, just once in my life, I would love to say, man, we got a great quarterback. If only we could build a team around him. I just want to lose 53-51. to 51. I would rather do that than do what they're doing all these years. What about Alex Smith? And I say that knowing that you interviewed mm-hmm. him just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and, and the convert, because 
He's not, I don't think he's done. I don't think he wants to, you know, he went through all those surgeries just to come mm-hmm. back to mentor Trevor Lawrence, you know, uh, and, and so he's a guy that clearly was around when Nagy was there, and he was a guy mm-hmm. who was taking them to the playoffs before Mahomes took it over. Well, what, what about that concept? What did you sense from Alex when you interviewed him on your podcast a few weeks ago? It's, it's a great name to bring up because I feel like it's, it's a snake in the grass in this whole thing we're doing right now. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. Alex Smith had this to say, his, and I'm paraphrasing, but his thought was, look, I didn't know how the leg was going to hold up. I had no idea. I knew I wanted to get back out there. I did not know what to expect. And then I banged on it, and I banged on it, and I banged on it, and I was, he himself was palpably shocked how well it held up. He said he felt fine. He said he felt like himself. And he wants to play a lot more football. There's this idea of... And I asked him about this. I said, all right, so you're the comeback player of the year. That is this incredible little bow on your career. Now you have this, this beautiful wife and these children. You've made all the money in the world, Alex. You're totally respected. Now you walk away. You've done it. You made the comeback. Congratulations. Now you walk away. And he wants nothing to do with that. And to the question of why bother, what's the risk? Because he loves playing. He, he's, he loves the game, and he has more, more winning to do. Let's be honest. He, he was by far the best quarterback on Washington last year. They, if they had started him from week one, that, that's a 9-10-11 win team, and I really mean that. They win the division anyway, and now they jettison him. So someone like the Bears, someone like the Patriots, one of these other teams that may be dissatisfied looking to move, like the Dolphins. Like Alex Smith, all he does is win. I, I think it's a great name. And the Bears fans, this is what happened. The, let's say the Bears make a move for Alex Smith. It doesn't go over well. Alex Smith, oh, game manager, can he hold up? He wins. I think if the Bears get Alex Smith this season, they will win. Right, don't turn it over. Let the defense only give up 17. You put 21-24 on the board. I mean, that's how he went 5-1 and one for yep. the Washington football team as a starter this year. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it, it works. And, and you, you got good players around him, and you're keeping Robinson, and you have Montgomery. Like, that would work. And listen, people say, oh, well, he missed the playoff game. As far as I understand, the playoff game injury had nothing to do with the catastrophic injury. It was just bad timing, and he was out there. And as we saw, like, you know, Washington was close with Tampa in that game. Washington, Washington played Tampa better than KC did in the Super Bowl. I, 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 re, I know Alex Smith is not uh, Deshaun. It is not Russell Wilson. It is not Trevor Lawrence. But... Alex Smith would win. Sign him this year. Go to the playoffs. Win 10 games. You'll do it. Kyle Brandt here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, and so what, what else is on your, your good morning football docket, you know, when you're sitting here a uh, week before new league year, all of that stuff? What are you guys talking about that leaps out we at you? a lot of questions, Rich, that are like, um, so, you know, we're kind of at the precipice. New league year, all this free agency. Who's the team you think's got something coming? Who, who's the team that's going to do the cannonball into the deep end and say, whoa? And the team that I can't get away from is I, I just can't possibly see New England playing it safe. I, I just don't. And I mean specifically a quarterback. The way things are now, that you, I, I say this. You had a year where – you lost Tom Brady, okay, it went cataclysmically. You lost players to opt out. You took a shot. They took a, took a real bold shot with Cam Newton. It didn't work out. There's no way that Bill Belichick, McDaniel, et al. are going to say, well, we'll just go with Jared Stidham or, 
you know, maybe we make a move for, uh, I don't know, Mariota. No, I think they're going to do something incredibly dynamic, whether it be through an existing quarterback or wildly moving up for one of these rookies. But I just don't think they're going to sit around and be like, well, it was fun for 20 years while Tom was here. Now he can win Super Bowls, and we're just going to eke our way to 8-8 eight and eight and try to rebuild. I, I think there is a, a massive, massive move coming from New England. Well, I mean, and, and in that, um, yesterday uh, I was just going totally tinfoil hat crazy crazy-ass conspiracy okay. to the point where T.J. Jefferson, my social media grandmaster, immediately posted what the gif of Charlie Day pointing to the board, you know, with all yeah. that stuff, at, you know, with the strings and all the, the periodicals and, and articles on the board. Um, so I, I, I would, if I call this, it's one of those trick shots in, in, in billiards, if you will. I mean, wherever, <laughs> where all the balls go into the, into the pockets. Uh, Deshaun to... The Dolphins, Tua to the Texans, Sam Darnold to the Niners, who then mm-hmm. uh, make Jimmy G available for the Patriots and the Jets draft Zach Wilson. How how accurate? Rich, do you I think, think I, I lost it. You there? Hello? You there? Did we just clip out? I'm having one of those. If you can hear Mike me, Mike Tufo, you want to you you talk in your microphone? You there, Mike? Can you? Am I there? Kyle, you got me. I, yeah, I got you. I dropped out in the middle of the billiards. How metaphor. about that? Can you hear me now? Kyle? I got you. I okay. want to hear the end of the billiards metaphor. Okay, so go here, here we go. What? Here we go. Okay, Deshaun Watson and Tua swap spots. Darnold okay. to the Niners, who eventually either cut or send Jimmy G to the Patriots, and the Jets take Zach Wilson. What do you think of that? Oh, it's so immaculate. That's uh, that's the Paul Newman color of money. It, you got the cue up right and everything. It's so clean. I love it, and I feel like everyone gets happy which is why I, I'm skeptical of it because I'm thinking there's going to be disarray. And I, just, <laughs> I mean, that, was, that didn't even touch the rim. That went right down the net. It was, it, clearly, you've put a lot of thought into it. Um, I, 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 of course, it could all stop. And none of it could work. Of course, if or none of it happens. You were working with named Deshaun Watson. The Texans say, "Nope, you're not going anywhere, my friend." And you know, we debate that a lot too in the morning about is he really going to leave? You know, what what's going to happen? Is he going to ever play it down with another team? Uh, I'm kind of come around in the saying that I think this time of year, the teams get so worked up. So, uh, what, how can I clean this up? So uh, randy for yes. quarterbacks, if you will, <laughs> that I think that someone is going to make yeah, a nearly ludicrous offer to the Texans, and it will be the classic offer you can't refuse, and they'll finally say, fine, go. We, we never want to see you again, and we're going to take all this King's ransom. I think it will happen eventually. And, and you know, again, going back to these numbers that I had here to start yeah. the show um, about uh, quarterbacks eating up percentage of the cap, I looked mm-hmm. it up. Deshaun Watson only eats up currently in 2021 8% of the Texans cap. That's it. Another reason why they're oh, like, great. you know, another reason why they'll either extract, you know, more Herschel Walker type stuff on steroids, to use the phrase, mm-hmm. or, or they'll say there's no way that they're going to trade him. I mean, mm-hmm. year two in this, he's only 8% of their cap, and they could try and build something for their new coach. I, I, I just don't know. We'll, we'll just put a pin in that because uh, I do want to give you the last couple minutes here to talk about. Sure. Uh, your conversation with McAfee, which has to be what the uh, what the kids might say, epic, right? Uh, the kids are always saying that it's it's, it's lit, and those are facts. Lit. As That's the kids right. also say, Rich, okay. I would say you you have Pat McAfee on, and you're you know you're expecting someone who's a professional wrestler, and he literally is a professional wrestler, he's the rookie of the year, in fact. And the expectations are high, and yet he comes in and meets all of them, and he's everything we want, energetic, 
anecdotal. You know, I asked him something that involves you, in fact, that ah. I was asking him about the night at the draft in Nashville 2019 when he announced the Colts pick. Because <laughs> I think that was like his breakout single. I think that blew him up. I think everyone in Nashville was talking about him. You on the call and, and Daniel Jeremiah are laughing. And I said, so when you come out and you do this incredible bit and you roast the Titans, like what went into it? And he proceeds to tell the story of being backstage drinking beers with Shane Leckler and he bought his clothes at, at some sort of store on the way over and Goodell comes and gives him the fist pound and then he comes out and just kind of wings it and has orangutan jokes and I think he left that stage a star and the way he tells it just backs all of it up. You remember that moment. Uh, you know, and also, Kyle, um, for, for those who might not have been there, um, Lower Broadway was jam-filled with human beings. I mean, it was mm -hmm. it just as far as the eye can see, there were people there who were all fired up for A, the draft, and B, the Titans. And for him to come out there and troll like that, that that's similar to Drew Pearson stepping up to the podium in Philadelphia with the, all of the Ben Franklin uh, Parkway uh, filled with human beings there for the draft and the Eagles. It, it's, it's on par with that, uh, but obviously a little bit more millennial. And he... he Look, I, I, I have nothing but love for Pat. You know, he's he's one of the best. So the two of you must have had a great conversation. Uh, it was so good. Uh, all kinds of stuff, the, the wrestling stuff, the football stuff. I really pressed him on, hey, Pat, you quit the NFL to join Barstool. Yep. Barstool years ago. Are you kidding me? You tell me you don't regret that? Well, that was a wild decision. And he has a really lucid, insightful answer that really got to the core of who he is. And at the end of it, I, I, I was, I bought it. I bought every word. Well, it was great, man. Look, was everybody, really everybody thinks you know Pat's just some wacky punter who goes top rope for, for yep. you know, uh, either literally or figuratively, right? Uh, yeah. But he's got some outstanding business sense on all of this. He knows exactly mm -hmm. what he's doing. He knows what content is and how people consume it. And he doesn't just throw anything against the wall. Um, and so, and he's got respect of a bunch of people. I mean, Aaron Rodgers sitting there in front of his brick background uh, every single week, win or lose, um, for him, just speaks volumes, obviously. So we all that was know the that. best, absolutely the best. So um, everybody, check out McAfee. But first, obviously, come on, if you haven't checked out, just getting started. Oh, it's stop, a great Kyle! Concept. You're here to promote. I'm way into it, and no, I'm into it still. I got three hours to promote my podcast. You're here to promote yours uh, on oh, thanks, Ringer buddy. and Spotify. And before I let you go, what's your random yeah. movie line? Drop one for me. We'll see if we can get it. What do you got for me? Okay, I know you've probably got All a million right, of them in your head right now. The line is, "You're officially out of limes, Jack." You're officially out of lines, Jack. Limes, right? Yes, that's oh, lots oh, of limes. Oh, oh, right. oh you're fresh out of limes, Jack. Oh, that's boogie nuts. That's boogie nuts. Roller girl, oh, Chris, yeah. you got it. You're out of foul. You're, please, I mean, if you're going to go roller girl on me, I mean, my gosh. <laughs> hey, <now>. <laughs> <laughs> Another person who had me at the low is Roller Girl. I've not seen boogie nights in a long time. Ooh. Well, I mean, I've got a 12, 10, and a 7 yeah, that, at home. Yeah, yeah that would be tough for them to casually walk in. Yeah, on. you don't want yeah. that. No, 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 no. Like, I don't even think you can watch that when you're parent, with your parents when you're like 40. I don't want to watch Booking <laughs> with my dad right now. Although every single time that I screw up and I say something that I'm an idiot, all I think of is that scene, you know, uh, with Philip Seymour Hoffman Scotty. behind the behind the wheel Scotty. of the car. You know. You're an idiot. I mean, yeah, oh, my God. That's all I can He throws himself at Dirk Diggler and... Shot. He did. <laughs> YOLO. YOLO. He went YOLO. Uh, Kyle, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Let's do this. Uh, let's do this. Uh, let's do it in April. Let's let's set up the draft. Let's do all that good stuff. Okay, wait, man. Love it. Thanks again, Kyle. That's right, Kyle Brand. Check him out on Good Morning Football every single morning on NFL Network and his podcast.
uh, on Ringer and Spotify. Pat McAfee is his guest this week. Uh, let's take a break. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Uh, there is a story out of the association that uh, caught my eye, and or my ear, to say the least. We'll hit on that when we come back. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O-O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com Eisen. And the man who plays the king of the north, Jon Snow, Kit Harrington, here on the Rich Eisen Show. Thank you for coming. Thank really you for appreciate having that. Me. You bet. Did you know at the time when that happened that you would be coming back to life? I had a two-week period where I was um, pretty silent for those two weeks after reading the script. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know whether I was going to. I was out of a job. You know, I pretty much convinced myself I was out of, out of a job. I was like, okay, this was a good series, you know. This was a lot of fun. You got some good money. It was good for a while. <laughs> it's a good run. It's yeah, a good yeah, run. yeah. Now, you know, you do other things. And then when they told me that I was I was coming back, I, I couldn't have, you know, I couldn't have. You know when you lie to yourself and you're like, oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And then you get the news and you go, yes, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> what examples from the past have, have, uh, that you can lay out here is something that they've done for Snow. I always Snow. commented on how how short I am in life. So they keep putting that into Jon Snow. You know, being small, having a tiny 
you know, stuff like this. It's just, <laughs> they just, they just want to rip the piss out of you. How do you consume the shows? I only watch them once and I watch them on my own in a dark room and then... What um, do you mean nervous tension? I'm, you know no, what happens. But I'm, wo I'm whooping and I'm enjoying it and I'm like, but I'm on my own. It's, it's, it's sad. It's a sad thing. <laughs> Do you need a hug right now, Ken? Would, I might do. Would you, like, would you like to end with a hug? Yeah, let's end with a hug. All right, thanks, Jordan. Here we go. Here we go. Bring it in. This is great. Thank you very much. That's, that's, that's Kit Harrington, everybody here. Thanks for coming on. Okay, everybody. That was fun when uh, Kit Harrington came in here. I hugged Jon Snow. Jon Snow. I mean, I hugged him. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Uh, and no one can ever take that away from me. No, they can't. Well uh, done. The, the Players' Championship is this weekend right here on NBC Sports and NBC Sports on Golf. The Players' Championship Thursday through Sunday starts tomorrow, baby. Okay, let's see everybody start firing darts. Come on! I would love to see. Here's what I would pay for. Here's what I would pay to see. Bryson DeChambeau hit his driver on 17. <laughs> on 17? <laughs> on 17. And try and land it on the green. He could probably do it. Oh, he could do With it. With his driver? He hit it so high. Right? He'd have he the math. He could only use his driver his on 17. Tractor. He's, you know, he's a math guy. Why would he shoot if he could only use his driver the entire time? Four under? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love golf, and I know golf. I'm just in case anybody's out there wondering, what the hell is Rich talking about? Or just hit his driver on 17, see how it goes. Everybody just goes like that. Uh -huh. well, okay, his second shot, he's 250 yards away, but he's got a... He's got he's he's got driver. Oh, he's got a great angle to the green. <laughs> he's hitting driver. Better angle than it is from the tee box. You know, if you hit it far left, and then you can sort of you know run it up on the on the walkway. Eight four four two zero four rich number to call here on the Rich Eisen show. Do we have a poll question over there today, Chris? You know, I was thinking about uh, this. Is what I had cooking up. Uh, let me get your thoughts. Yes. Um, a lot of stuff going on in the NFL. A lot of cuts. A lot of guys available. A lot of free agents. I was looking specifically at free agent wide receivers. Who would you want your team to sign? Okay. Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller, Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown. You don't want me to put my finger on the scale, do you? Thumb on the scale? So I'll do it. I'll I, do it right I, now. I, I, I got my thumb on him. I don't. Okay. I don't. I'll, I'll leave it. I'll hit it with a retweet. We'll be I done don't. Okay. Very good. Very good. Okay. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Look, um, used to be back in the day, if you remember um, – you know, uh, when people would say things to local reporters that they would never say to a national reporter because they th they just didn't think that all eyes and ears were listening. You know, uh, and I'm not just this is this is not when when you're just saying something completely outrageous using words you should never use. You remember, I think, didn't Vince Young say the dream team comment to uh -huh, somebody local team. or something like that? Maybe, I, don't, I don't know if that was it or not, but. You know, and that, now now we're seeing everything in on your phones. Literally anything you say can be seen and recorded by somebody and then sent out social media. Five minutes after, at, out of your mouth, your entire life is turned upside down because of what you said. And, um, and it also gives a window into your soul. Now, you know, in, in the 21st century, uh, athletes saying stuff playing video games while mic'd up wearing headsets. You remember Kyle Larson for NASCAR? Yeah. Remember he used uh, he did uh, the N word in relation to Bubba Wallace. Remember that? Oh, actually, pardon me. Remember he used the N word on on uh, on uh, on a video game. On a video game, that? he was just casually Bubba playing, Wallace was mentioning. I got game. it. My bad. Yeah, yeah, remember yeah. he said something like that. Myers Leonard used the word kike. 
on a video game yesterday. I haven't heard, now I'm I'm as you know Jewish. I haven't heard that word used in decades. I don't Since know. I I, I I was a kid in New Jersey. I mean, yeah. I, I don't I don't know where the hell My- Myers Leonard picked that up. I, I don't know wh- why that would be used as a derogatory term. I, was the person he was playing against Jewish? I don't even know. But I heard that. I'm like, what? where the hell did he get that? And, of course, everyone is using it as a window into his soul because he stood during the national anthem when the rest of his teammates were kneeling during the summer in the bubble when social justice was the cause of the day for black and white. So we're wondering, Myers Leonard, what are you thinking? Like, where's your head? Where's your heart? To use a word like that. Uh, and, And so, you know, I can't put it any better than Julian Edelman put it on Twitter. And if you can put that up, Don, he wrote an open letter to Myers Leonard. And I'll read it to everyone. So we've never met. I hope we can one day soon. I'm sure you've been getting lots of criticism from for what you said. Not trying to add to that. I just want to offer some perspective. I get the sense that you didn't use that word out of hate, more out of ignorance. Most likely you weren't trying to hurt anyone or even profile Jews in your comment. That's what makes it so destructive. When someone intends to be hateful, it's usually met with great resistance. Casual ignorance is harder to combat and has greater reach, especially when you command great influence. Hate is like a virus. Even accidentally, it can rapidly spread. I'm down in Miami fairly often. Let's do a Shabbat dinner with some friends. I'll show you a fun time, J.E. Well said and done, Julian Edelman. Now, if Myers Leonard didn't know what kike meant, I'm sure the owner of the Heat, Mickey Arison, could let him know what it means, as as many of the um, fans of the Miami Heat, the Heat sent out a strong statement and Leonard apologized for using an anti-Mitic slur during a live stream again yesterday. He says it and then all of a sudden it goes everywhere. What I didn't know what the word meant at the time, my ignorance about its history and how offensive it is to the Jewish community is absolutely not an excuse and I was just wrong. I'm now more aware of its meaning and I'm committed to properly seeking out people who can help educate me about this type of hate and how we can fight it. I acknowledge and own my mistake, and there's no running from something like this that is so hurtful to someone else. This is not a proper representation of who I am, and I want to apologize to the Arisons, my teammates, coaches, front office, and everyone associated with the Heat organization, and my family, loyal fans, and others in the Jewish community who I have hurt. I promise to do better and know that my future actions will be more powerful than my use of this word. Where did he pick it up? That's what I want to know. And how did those people formulate other ideas for him and hopefully this is a turning point for him that word awful dreadful and there's no place for it none and um i i I go back and forth like that's the window into his soul he's playing a video game that came out of just uh, a moment where you know he just relied on whatever it is going on in his mind, and he just spat out a word that he had heard that he knew was derogatory but didn't know it was a Jewish slur. So, um, you know, uh, but Edelman said it best. Said it best. The casual ignorance is the one that's tough to fight, and let's, I guess, fight it together. And Julian, hey, 
I'm free for Shabbat dinner, too. <laughs> I know you're out here in Los Angeles. Let's lift some Manischewitz and go have a good time. It wouldn't be Manischewitz, I can guarantee you that. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Todd McShay is our next guest. We'll talk some NFL draft and more in a second. Could you imagine what a Shabbat dinner with Julian Edelman in Miami is? I couldn't even imagine what that would be. Is I mean, it in Prime 112? I don't even know. Yeah, I, yeah, right, right, right. You know, I mean, that? Uh, Julian Edelman Shabbat dinner. It's interesting, and, and and we will also hit this on our show coming up for By our way, Peacock that's a, audience. That's a good fantasy name. What a Julian Edelman Shabbat dinner? Edelman, Edelman Shabbat, Shabbat dinner? Edelman. Oh, my God. Sign me up. Sign me up. Uh, also, the, so we, we found out the following. Uh, Edelman's got good Shabbat dinners, and um, and – I can't wait to bring this to our audience later on in the show. We now have a window into Tom Brady's morning ritual. Oh, yeah. Wow. That was something. Which I saw on our Instagram feed today. Su- Susie caught it. Yeah. You posted it. I did. So we'll, we'll hit that. So I want to bring this to the radio audience as well later on, even though it's more visual than not. But Can I say something about this Edelman thing? Please. Um, you know what annoys me the most when stuff like this happens? It's always, you know, because as I've said before, I read all the social media it's always the people who aren't in the group that was insulted or have nothing to do with the group that was insulted who are always the loudest and the quickest to go on social media and go, well, who cares? And, oh, you're going to cancel him now. And, like, it's just like it kind of makes you think, you know, the, these are probably the people that say these things. And their first instinct is to go on here and, and make a claim that, like, who cares? And, like, I know. And that's the problem. And, it, and that's the and problem. It, it, uh, TJ, I understand why you'd be so upset by it. But that's the issue with social media these days is everybody's opinion is in front of you right away. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you've got to understand that that just because they hit send, it, does, it shouldn't affect you that much. And I know that other people are seeing it out there, too. And that does have influence and effect. And you can, you can get upset about that. But, you know, opinions are like, you know what, yeah. and everyone has them. And and um, when you see that, also know that everybody you see there out on Twitter saying cancel culture is awful. And what are you going to cancel him now for this sort of thing? Turns around and somebody says something or some corporation does something that they feel offends their sensibilities, they're the first to say boycott that company. Absolutely. I mean, so there is hypocrisy everywhere. It's inflamed by Twitter, and it's also um, elevated by Twitter. And you just have to have a little bit more of, and it's tough for me to do, you just have to have a little bit more of a, a sensibility of put the phone away, I guess. We're back in a second. 